Hi, everyone. This is Julia on a totally different reality. And I am in Greenwich Village, New York City, uh, with all of the possibilities and amazingness and the entities and the demons. And also, best of all of that is Dr. Lisa Cooney. She's on the line. Um, I'm so to have this conversation with Dr. Lisa today. We're going to be talking about dealing with uh, the issues of abuse, um, all different kinds of abuse. I would like to talk about judgment and how judgment is, the, is what is, abuse is really made up of and how that works and ties in. Um, so hi, Dr. Lisa. Welcome. Hello, dear Julia. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everybody that is out there listening right now and hello new york because <laughs> that's where you're calling from and that's at yeah. least today on this this version of the show and that's always excited for me because as we briefly talked about i'm originally from new york so yeah. i feel really glad and excited to see what's possible what contribution i can be on a different reality here yeah Thank all the way from California and you all the way in New York. God, what, what, what kind of change can we create on this, on this country from one coast to the girl. other, baby? Let's yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, I just arrived in New York at 5 o'clock, and I rushed and put my stuff in Brooklyn, and then I rushed to my, the place my sister's staying in Greenwich Village, and I'm just like, wow, the amount of um, – entities and demons and abuse and judgment and there's also a huge sense of possibilities as well and it's just like wow to just step into this I've, I've been to New York twice before and to step into it now being like so aware of everything that's going on I'm really I, I and and it is amazing that that you grew up here so can you talk a little bit about what it was like um can you talk a little bit about your history and your childhood and your education and just give us a little bit of background on who you are? Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I grew, up in, I grew up in New York, and um, I left New York after college. Uh, I actually went to college in Connecticut, Fairfield, Connecticut at Fairfield University, and when I, when I finished there, I took a red eye, a beeline, an Amtrak train, whatever you want to call it, and I went out west. <laughs> right <laughs> and, after you finished? <laughs> uh, pretty, uh, about right after I finished college, yes, and I spent the summer um, at home on Long Island where I grew up, and I was, I was a teller in a bank, believe it or not, and that's what I did for my summer job um, in between the years of college. And wow. I really loved it. I loved the money. <laughs> I loved the vault. I loved counting the $100 bills. They're still one of my favorite dollar bills, $100 bills, crisp, crisp, crisp. And um, I, I really, really enjoyed that time there. And then, but yes, as soon as, as soon as I could, I took a volunteer position actually out west in, um, uh, in child, like a child protective service kind of uh, environment where I, uh, a youth crisis shelter where I uh, gave safe habitation, let's say, for children who were from violent, drug-addicted, and very abusive households that needed food, clothing, shelter, counseling, and a safe place to stay uh, where, wow. they weren't being, where they weren't being abused. So I did that. Wow. Yeah, I did that for a couple of years. Um, and 
they just that organization there in Arizona just kept asking me to stay and I got a lot of my counseling formal education and training there in in Arizona where I actually got my masters and then about 7 or 8 years later I moved to California and did my doctorate in psychology um and been in California ever since. So I've actually been gone more years from New York, because this was in 1991 when I left, than I actually live there at this point now. I just toppled over a couple extra years on the West Coast. <laughs> wow. But the, but the first 21 years, I was an East Coaster for sure. Okay. Cool. So you have a private practice, and you deal a lot with the issues of abuse in different people. Um, I don't even, what do I want to ask here? It's like, what, mm-hmm. might be a silly question, but like what is abuse for you? Because I know that my definition of abuse is very, very different than the average person. Um, like how, what is it for you and how does it work and how do you change, well, maybe how do you change it, but, We'll, ask, we'll talk about that after, but what is abuse? Sure. Well, there's, and there's a lot of ways to answer that, but specifically, yeah. um, when I think about abuse holistically, I think of it in terms of self-abuse. And what I mean by that, how to define it, is anything that we're doing, that I'm doing, or one person is doing, that puts themselves in danger, dismisses themselves, um, kind of dismantles one's self-worth, um, shows a perva- pervasive pattern of like not caring about yourself, nur- not nurturing of yourself, neglect of yourself, and a firm judgment on you about the wrongness of you and the defectiveness of you and the damaged goodness, that your damaged goods in a certain way, the shame of you, is to me... The, definition, the greatest definition of abuse in this reality in its totality and entire, in entirety. And I believe it's the, also the greatest sickness and disease and disease on this planet is the judgment of ourselves, like you were saying, but actually how it manifests and actualizes as self-abuse toward ourselves in the relationships we pick that can be abusive, in the... Um, potentially the cutting of ourselves in more severe cases, setting ourselves up for um, drugs and alcohol abuse or debting ourselves into bankruptcy or sexing ourselves in relationships that are very, very dangerous and um, very uh, disintegrous to our being. So that's like the, the, the holistic version of it. Um, but... Particularly, as I mentioned, there are many different forms of abuse. Money, sexual abuse, physical abuse, verbal abuse, spiritual abuse, emotional abuse. I mean, we can just, I can just keep going. Right. And my focus and my practice, as you, as you mentioned, is really about showing how abuse in any form, stemming from childhood sexual abuse, to domestic, domestic violence, to being beaten as a child, to spiritual forms of abuse, um, financial forms of abuse. It's like 
the, the scars are insidious, and some of them are not like bruises, and some of them are in black eyes. Some of them are like scar tissue locked in, you know, the, the cellular memory of our body. And mm-hmm. I call it like this invisible cage that you live with, um, a ghost, let's say, that's always with you, but you can never mm-hmm. find the key. No. Right? I'm, I'm crying right now as you're saying this. It's like coming up in my body. It's amazing. Yeah. So do you do clearing statements on your show here? Yes. Yes. We love the clearing statements on this show. <laughs> so everybody's body who may be crying or who the words I'm speaking may evoke a memory or evoke a somatic response or evoke something that no longer serves you, that isn't yours anyway, that's just the product of the story of who you um, used to be that's coming up right now, eternally, let's destroy and uncreate that. Yes. Right, wrong, good and bad. Times a godzillion, right, wrong, <laughs> good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. And I don't need, um, do I need to say the clearingstatement.com website or I'm sure you've done mm, this on this? No, we've talked about that a lot. Or you're like, <laughs> no, baby, we got it covered. <laughs> um, um, um if you haven't heard about the clearing statement, listen to the first episode of A Totally Different Reality uh, with Carlina Vanderway, and you will be up to date on what it is. Um, wow, I can't even... This is a totally different... I, I've never... And like The way that you described that went so deep into the core of who I am, and I'm probably all the people listening. Um, that's crazy. It's crazy that we can walk down the street every day and walk and talk and chew gum with that much going on underneath the surface. Well, yeah, and it, it really is. I mean, God bless us in a certain way. Um, yeah. I remember, like, speaking of New York, and you, you kind of briefly asked about my childhood, but this is, you know, I went out west for a reason, and it wasn't because I didn't love New York. I do. It's, it, has a, it has a very deep place you know, in my bones, in my being, you know, and, and I, I always say as a joke, like, you can take the girl out of New York, but you can never take the New Yorker out of the girl. Yeah. Um, I move pretty quick. I beat like that frenetic energy, you know, in, in, in New York. I've just learned to move it and use it energetically in a way that is out creating this reality and generating, creating my reality that is, non-abusive to me that's actually empowering of me and I have to thank New York for that because part of what not part you know all of what I do now and have been doing with people for the past 20 plus years has been based on finding a way to move beyond abuse beyond thriving beyond surviving into what I'm calling radical aliveness creating your life for you and those years in New York at no blame or fault to anybody else other than this was my story, I lived a very tortured existence, a very violent upbringing, a very abusive um, scenario from sexual abuse to physical abuse to emotional abuse um, and even financial abuse. And I remember staring out my bedroom window when I was like seven years of age looking 
up at the moon and I was praying to God that I never, you know, that I would get out of there and that I would never ever have to stay in the energy that I had been living in, which was those abuses I had talked about. And I even, Julia, distinctly remember one day watching everybody, because we lived uh, right down the block from the Long Island Railroad, and um, every morning, men and women in their suits, briefcases, walk to the train, actually walking quick to the train, and I would stare out that same window in the morning and watch people, because they were going somewhere, and as I said, I wanted to get out of there. (laughs) But nobody had a smile on their face. And everybody looked so downtrodden and so dense and so heavy and so constricted and really just unhappy. And I promised myself there and then that I would do whatever it took, no matter how long it took, um, to be happy and to never live a life where I was going somewhere with that, what I perceived as heaviness and density and kind of depression and judgment and unhappiness on their body, on their face. Nobody smiled. Wow. And that was like the saddest thing I could ever imagine living like. Yeah. So everything that I that think- brings up and lets down, <laughs> let's destroy and create it. Right, wrong, good and bad, pot and yep. pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Go ahead, hon. I think the way to get out of abuse, like really, the, what you have to do is make that oath, make that demand. Because I remember doing that when I was little. My upbringing was nothing like yours, but I looked at people and I thought, how the hell do they get up in the morning? Like, what are these people getting up for? Like, I, I, my mom would always, or my grandparents, whoever, would talk about how, you know, people would plow the land and it was so hard and every day was just a struggle to make it to the next day and it was just absolutely hell. And I remember asking my mom, the mom, why did they keep living? Like, why, 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 why would you t- torture yourself every day when there's probably something else beyond this life? And, and, um, yeah, I just think that, that, that demand to not live like that is, is the thing that will get you there. Yeah, it is. And you know what I find interesting is, I, I had a question for you almost. It's like, did you find yourself, like, when you were younger, um, in that scenario you talked about with your grandparents and your family, like were you happy as a kid? And then did you did you look around and everybody else was kind of unhappy? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I was like that. I was like that too. And I, I didn't, it didn't make sense to me. No. Like my parents um, were decently happy. Like they actually really love each other and have a good marriage. But no, like it was really odd for me to, I think I was like four years old and I was, I I remember the day that I decided I would quit having fun and get serious. I was, my parents told me I was going to kindergarten and I was like, Oh, well that sounds pretty like structured. And that means that I can't play anymore. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be smart and I'm going to be good in school. And I, I, uh, I didn't give up my sense of fun. I was still always fun, but I was, I, I remember the day I got serious and that was the day I stopped being like totally happy all the time. And I was still, I'm still happiness is just who I am. But, but um, yeah, it's just interesting what's projected and, and what you see, especially when you've been looking over the track. I think kids don't know anything. They know so, so more than anybody. 
It's true, and I really love what you said. So let's let's let's, let's use our awareness here now. You know, just about um, it's like all the ways that we were all we came here. Let's say, and we were all just these light, bright, shiny, brilliant, phenomenal beings who are just happy. And everywhere that we we express that, and somehow there was some judgment. Doesn't even matter who it was from. It's just the reality that that wasn't the right way to be. And so yeah. we twisted ourselves out of happiness into the density of of their reality. Let's destroy and uncreate that right now. And all the oath vows, fealties, communities, commitments, agreements, binding and bonding contracts to that. Let's rescind, revoke, recant, renounce, denounce, destroy, and create the forever commitment. Right, wrong, good and bad, black yeah. and pop, all nine, boy shorts and beyonds, times a godzillion. Wow. And all the impelled judgmental patterns of all the eyes that looked upon all of us and all of those that will be listening to this call, that, the, that happiness is a wrongness instead of the rightness of who you truly be without superiority about it. Can we destroy and uncreate that? Yeah. Right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pot, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds, times a godzillion. Yeah. I remember, it's funny what you you said, superiority. And it's funny because I remember in grade four, I think I won a math competition or something. And my teacher gave me a Twizzler. And I was so happy. I, I was like, thank you so much. This is so great. And I was just so excited. And um, my teacher looked at me and gave me a twisted look because the other kids in the class had heard me. Like everybody kind of went quiet and looked at me. And then at parent-teacher interview, she told me that, um, she told my parents that I had been bragging in front of the other kids. And I, and I, it was like, oh, uh, for me, it was just happiness. I didn't have a concept of what anybody else would think. It's so funny. Just these little times where we give up ourselves. Absolutely, Julia. That's a great example on how many other people, including myself, have had the experience. By the way, I love Twizzlers. That's a total New York thing, too. I mean, I, just, I remember going over to my, my best friend's house, uh, house, family house, and, they, and I loved going over there because they had the secret stash of Twizzlers because we never had that in the house. And I love those damn strawberry cherry Twizzlers. So oh, to this day, God. I still get them, even though I don't even like the taste of them anymore. I still buy them at like the movies or somewhere because I just love the memory of the happiness that it used to bring me as a kid. What is that? And it's just, it's just fun. It was fabulous. Yeah, so everywhere, all of us, you and me here and everybody else on this call and those of you that are listening after the call, have impelled on us and kept locked in our body the eyes of somebody else's judgment because they, they made our happiness um, wrong by saying we're bragging about something when it's actually just the expression of joy. Can we destroy and uncreate that? Yes. Return that to sender with consciousness attached. Dissipate and release that to the earth and send it back from whence it came to return to this dimension reality body again. Right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. And everywhere you've all, we've all, I all, you all, have twisted out of your reality your happiness and twisted it into unhappiness so that we can bend, fold, mutilate, and staple ourselves to fit into this reality. 
yeah. which is nothing to do with who we truly be. Can we destroy and uncreate that? Yes. <laughs> right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. And I'm sure you've talked about this, but after a couple of clearing statements have been run, I always tell people to, like, and I do it myself, I'm doing it right now, like expand our energy as space and just get bigger, 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 because those moments when people judge us and and kind of impel at us that there's something wrong with what we're saying, being, or doing, we get smaller, we get smaller, we get smaller, and what if we actually got bigger and bigger and bigger energetically in those moments so that those impelled patterns had no impact on us at all, and we just get to be the free and fullest expression of the phenomenons of who we truly be. Yes. Everything that 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 bring, yeah, <laughs> everything that that brings up and lets down, let's destroy and uncreate it, right, wrong, good and yes. bad, pot and pock, all nine shirts, boys and beyond. I think I'm going to have you be the pot and pocker. Okay, I'll do the pot and pocking. Please, please, please. Space. I'm tired of hearing myself talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Oh, awesome. So um, I have all these questions I want to ask you, but now I'm Good, go safety. for it. Um. Can you talk about sexual abuse? I guess the energy is coming up on the call, and I know that there's something in there that I would like to know about. I'm not sure what it is yet, but, um, uh-huh. yeah, just what, what comes up with you and your clients, what's come up in your life, stuff like that. Sure. Um well, predominantly, my practice these days, I'm, I'm running this, what I call the Beyond Abuse Revolution right now. And um, I have a Voice America show on the Empowerment Channel called Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything. And um, in mid-August, I'll have um, a book out um, called, yes, called Kick Abuse in the Caboose. <laughs> So that's fabulous. A journey to radical aliveness. Yes. Oh, that's the that's the, I, that's the first one. And I have to tell you, I'm really, really into the radical aliveness term. That is such a great energy. Wow. Isn't it? Isn't it wonderful? It's you know, I, and I I came phenomenal. to that when when we were I was working with my um, copy editor on the book and. I wanted to use something, Julia, that was beyond the words that we've heard before, like thriving and surviving, because I've survived sexual abuse and many other abuses, and so have so many people that are listening to your to your uh, rate to this radio show here, and and in the world, and I've actually thrived beyond abuse, but I wanted to do something different. I wanted people to go not only the writing of the book, but also the radio show and what I do in my practice and what we're talking about here. I wanted a phrase that was beyond thriving and beyond surviving. Yeah. I wanted a new energy. <laughs> and what I, what I really experience now and have the awareness of is living radically awake, radically alive, where everything is about choice and what, what's light and right for me. And I become more selfish without the, the narcissism judgment and really just give myself permission to be like you, that happy Twizzler kid, you know, <laughs> that just, and I'm not calling you a Twizzler kid. I'm just, I'm, oh, you know, I'm like, I know that. It's the compliment that, you could ever give me, Lisa. <laughs> yes. It's like, it's like I always say that, you know, and, and I learned this from years when I was following a, a, a certain spiritual teacher you know she always said the childlike 
in a sense deep within us is God. And and I don't mean God is in religion, I just mean like just expansive yeah. and the, the freest and fullest expression of just the brilliance. It's like whenever you see a child, you're just like, Oh my God You know, you're so beautiful, you're so cute. Oh my God, Twizzlers, that's what the child Oh my God, look at the sky. Oh my God, look at the flower. Like I wanted something that was like that because I Radical have to say my aliveness. Exactly, baby. <laughs> And I wanted something around abuse that when people go into borders and bookstores, I don't even know if there's borders around anymore, but, (laughs) you know, all the bookstores. Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble, sorry. And, you know, just all the library, wherever, Julia. Like, really, people can go in there, and instead of the heaviness and density around the sexual abuse books, which are all amazing, and I've read predominantly all of them, and they have been – predominantly the wind beneath my wings for many years early in my own recovery, quote, quote unquote. Um, um, But I wanted like this book and the books that I write to be about radical aliveness. Because everybody talks about the courage to heal and, and the ritual abuse and, and how to move from this to that. Say again, hon? Yeah. I said, it's so far beyond any of that. What's possible? Exactly. And not that that's right or wrong at all. There's no judgment. It's like they were so great. They paved the way. But it's 2014, baby. And we're breaking through, you know, we're breaking through the the glass ceiling of what's been done. I call it the postmodern psychology movement about what's been done before so that people can actually um, choose radical aliveness that it, it, it's a weird kind of thing. It's like a parallel reality of like being that Twizzler joy and and being, you know, an adult. And now like I've got a, a good amount of gray hair now. So it's like being that Twizzler joy with that childlike innocence and being this adult um, brilliant being, you know, with, 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 with some gray hair and some fine lines on the, on the face, but in a childlike way. And yeah. that to me is like radical aliveness, and that to me is 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 full integrated wholeness re- beyond sexual abuse, and yeah. that's been important to me, and that has been the greatest healing that access consciousness has um, um, paved the way for me, and I feel like this is my pay it forward by by doing the same, and um, yeah, that's. That's what I got about that, and and uh, I can go a little bit more into, you know, my own story specifically if, if you want me to. But it really felt like the radical aliveness, radical aliveness piece was was important to bring forth. I think that's what I was looking for. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Oh, my ears, my eyes are so teary. It's like the energy that you're you're being out there in the world is just incredible. Yeah, and thank you, Julia, and thank you for this opportunity and possibility to talk about this because, and especially that you're that you're in New York, there's there's this wonderful synergy about it, and it's so funny. I'm staring out my my uh, deck here in Marin County, California, and there's like a blue jay that just flew <laughs> right up to the right up to the window, and uh, it reminds me I was in a fourth grade play on Long Island at the grammar school I went to, and I was a bluebird. <laughs> and it was so funny because there's a story that everybody that knows me from back there went to school with me. I I was you know, this blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, 
little girl, fourth grade, so I guess I was about eight years of age, and I had this role <laughs> as a bluebird. I can't believe I'm talking about this on the radio. <laughs> and fabulous. It's fabulous. And uh, I had these one lines. It was I can't remember the name of the play. And the, my line was, a bluebird, a bluebird, I'm happy I'm a bluebird. <laughs> so happy by <laughs> night and by day. And then you had to, like, pass it on to the next animal. And so I get up to the microphone. I've got this bluebird costume on with a big <laughs> orange beak, these blue eyes, blonde hair sticking out, totally disheveled. And all of a sudden, dead silence, and you hear this voice, which is very not much different than my voice now. It's very deep. <laughs> so here's this little girl in eight years of age in this bluebird costume with this, with this like, golden beak, and I start saying like this. I'm going to demo for you. <laughs> a bluebird, a bluebird. <laughs> and the entire audience, you hear it on the tape, you know, the eight-track tape from back then. I'm dating myself. So this is like the 70, 74 or something like that, 75. And, uh, <laughs> and the entire audience is laughing. And, and I don't know how I got into that story, but this is what the blue, blue jay, bluebird reminded me of. <laughs> and that's like the radical aliveness is just having these wonderful memories float up and fill your body with joy and for so many years, Julia, honestly, I, I drank, I drugged, I, I drugged, I snorted, I numbed, I escaped, I, I sexted, I, I mean, I did everything imaginable. The only thing I didn't do was shoot up ever. But I did, before my training, before my education, before my recovery, before choosing to live, I, I literally chose death from the torture and abuse that, that I went through, which wasn't just you know, personal to my home environment. Um, I, I was a, a child model or did some modeling in, in New York and um, from Long Island to New York City, helicopter ride, all that kind of thing. And there was a whole big uh, childhood pornography ring involved in my childhood history. So modeling wasn't so fun, to say the least. So... I had literally chose um, death and numbing and escapism, which led way into my um, um, college days and, and shortly thereafter until, you know, walking in front of a bus one night almost in a blackout um, almost took me out. And mm. then I felt like that was the universe saying, um, hey, wake the blank city Bleep, 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 we need up. you here. We need you and, here, Lisa. Yeah, and and I did. And here I am laughing about it and able to sit here and tell you this story completely in communion with my whole being about it and not one ounce of shame. And I feel like I, not feel like, but I know that I'm your ally in healing in my practice. That's why I've been an entrepreneur for over 20-something years. And I always say to my clients, and they actually say to me, I know I can do this because you've walked through it. Right. And so you're, you're like showing me the other side. And, and I never say if I can do it, you can do it, because that's just a cliche. I just say, hey, I, I got some tools that work, and yeah. I know what it's like. And I know, yeah. I know the choices. It's, it's, it's one or the other, but it can never be both. You either choose mm -hmm. to live a life of death, and in that cage, 
or you choose to live, which means you embrace the cage and you move beyond the cage. That's the radical aliveness. Anything that you keep behind you and, and in the back of you that you don't deal with becomes your eternal jailer. And your eternal jailer will always lead you to the underworld of death. Yeah. Choose and or that's die. What you walk, you, right, you, right. That's what you walked through in the subway today. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so that's what it was. That's why I felt like dying five minutes before mm-hmm. the call. <laughs> Wow, that's incredible. There really is a death energy in New York, and, and I'm not saying that, like, as a judgment about New York. I just, I just, no. I just know that there is. There's a death energy there. I, I felt it in other countries as well. I felt it in different cities here in, in California. Um, um, you know, there, there just is. We live in a reality that can be very dense and very constricted and very... Mm, hard to deal with and hard to manage for actually mm-hmm. the sensitive beings that we truly be. The Twizzler, yeah. the Twizzler beings, the bluebirds, <laughs> you know. <laughs> wow. Well, it's a nice acknowledgement of what I just went through <laughs> or chose. Wow. Yeah. Well, you just walk through it in the subway and, you know, there's there's something really interesting. Don't you find, I mean... Really, if you were just going to people watch and, and stay there for a little while, besides having to like run and get to your radio show here with me, um, I mean, it's so interesting, right? It's always teeming with energy. It's bustling there. And that's what they call aliveness there in New York. But is it aliveness or is it fren- frenetic? Is it radical aliveness or is it frenetic movement just getting to the next thing? And yeah. And, and moving from one thing to the other. And how many people did you see smiling and laughing? And I don't mean the ones that were having happy hour beers in their hands and, and the people whatnot. Maybe some of the people singing and, you know, asking for money in the subways and things like that. They <laughs> no, might have been sir, a little I, happy. I saw no one. I saw no one. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and that's, that's really so- what I see as the sickness of um, this reality. Yeah. It's frenetic is such an exceptional descriptive word for what that was in my body. And that's what goes through your body every time somebody judges you for being who you are. It's death. Like, it's just, yeah. It is death. And how many of us have chosen death as our life and how much of us have had to die and separate ourselves from our true phenomenons of that, that Twizzler, Bluebird, childlike <laughs> innocence that we truly be. And yeah. everything that, to just live in this reality, everything that that is, can we destroy and uncreate it? Yes, right, wrong, right, good, wrong, bad. good, bad, all yeah, nine thank pod you. Poc, shorts, boys, and beyond. I'm the token, I'll be the token pod pocker. Um, so, so, what was the first, other than making the demand, what tools did you use? Like, what are some of the big ones that you have used to go from frenetic, abusive death, really, is the reality of what it is, to joy, to radical? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question, and, and there have really been so many. So I think the first thing I want to say, in, in, in all honesty, 
I had to get really honest with myself before I just like lay down all the access tools that you and I both know. I just I just want to say like I really had to get really honest with myself. And I had to acknowledge my unhappiness. I always say that happiness is seeing all of you. You know, ignoring something doesn't make it go away. Go away. It actually ensures mm-hmm. that it will stick around a whole lot longer. It's mm-hmm. like it's like a troublesome guest at a party. Ignore it and it will create a ruckus. <laughs> and and so the first like <laughs> step, right, you know, so the first step is Hey, that was pretty cute. I like that description. <laughs> um, um, and thank you for that. And when you acknowledge you're unhappy, you begin to build a bridge like between your mind and your body, rather than leaving that unhappy part of you behind in a closet. Like all of you is engaged and available, and this is like a setup for success then to radical aliveness. And then it became about choosing happiness. And I made a decision, <laughs> literally. You know, I know access, they had a class, happiness is just a choice. And I, I kind of say that happiness is choosing happiness just for the fun of it. Like, it means something to me to be happy. Right. And, and that, well, that's enough to make it a, a target, a goal. Yeah. yeah, most people will say, well, why should I be happy? <laughs> like, why should you? Well, I'm not going to talk you into it, but it's it's easier. <laughs> exactly. And like you said, with like the Twizzler, the Twizzler kid that you, you know, when the, when the teacher said what she said to you, it was like, um, you're choosing that for what reason? And it's like, there is no judgment on choosing happiness. Like, that doesn't exist in my world. It did for so many years because nobody I was around was happy. And then I became that. I duplicated that. I mimicked that. I was not happy. And then I chose something different. Hmm. And, 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 and there were some life events um, along the way that catapulted me to that choice, for sure. Yeah. But I literally had to make a choice. Yeah. Happiness really is just a choice. <laughs> it really is. And, 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 and that doesn't mean that, that I mean or we're saying that all of a sudden you say, okay, I choose happiness, and then you're happy. No, no. like it, at first it's going to take a little bit <laughs> to, to release it. So that's like the next step, like release your addiction to unhappiness. And mm-hmm. I always say that happiness is allowing ease. Hmm. Wow. Um. And then I say, uh, get support. Share your story. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And I don't mean be your story. No, no. I mean, like, get support. Share your story. I have been so fortunate, Julia, really, like, with, with, with some of the history that I told you, or the history I told you about, which is a portion of the history of me, um, I have been so blessed by the choices I have made for who showed up in my life with all the choices I made. A college professor reaching her hand out to me, letting me know that the family violence that I was experiencing had nothing to do with me. And just like somebody like that and talking to her about it, 
the suicide prevention counselor um, that was my supervisor during my master's program and what she taught me about being there for other people and then also being there for me. Um, So it's like you don't go to a barista at a coffee shop to to say, hey, can you walk me through this abuse or walk me through this unhappiness? You go there for coffee, you know? Right. And a good damn cup of coffee. And if you're in New York, you get a cannoli or a slice of pizza as well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Go to Little Italy, baby. Um, um, But, yeah, get support. Share your story. And then as you share your story, you actually can start to receive you as a gift. And with the enlisting of a trusted advisor, you'll feel a profound sense of relief because it'll be the first time that you'll actually experience probably that someone has your back. And when you know that someone has your back, you can receive you as a gift more, and then you can actually have your own back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the first person who ever had my back was Dane, and it was like after that I could, I got it, and now I have my own back. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody has somebody that first had their back. Yeah. And if you don't know what we're talking about, that's why I always say when you expand this space, I always add in 500 million miles up, down, right, left, front, and back because none of us know how to have our own back and none of us know what it feels like to stand, you know, behind ourselves but also with ourselves. Yeah. Be your own ally in healing. Yeah. And that's like the, the next step I tell people is like learn to listen within. I always say that happiness is like getting quiet listening and doing exactly what you hear. When you listen to those whispers of consciousness, Mm -hmm. nothing will ever go wrong because you're listening from that empowering voice within you that knows. And that's, Julia, really where the key to unlock the cage comes from. And once you unlock that cage, baby, you may go back into it, but you'll never, ever, 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 ever not have the key again. Wow. Yeah. So those, ticket, ticket to happiness, baby. The whispers, the whispers are the key. Yeah, and the whispers are listening to you and then acting on them. It's not just listening, right. it's acting on them. Right. But you've got to start with listening. Right. So you've got to ask yourself, like, what's really true for me? And something yeah. will whisper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like changing your life based on what you think you're supposed to have or based on what others have into what's light for me, what's right for me, what do I want to generate and create, what's, what's my reality. Right. A new relationship based with yourself based on trust and respect goes a long way in cultivating happiness for yourself and with others. <laughs> and I, I can guarantee you there's no education no. and training in the institutions of academia, which I have, I have to tell you, I have, I think I counted it up one year, I have 30, (laughs) it's a little embarrassing actually, I have 36 years of formal education. (laughs) Oh, come on. That's amazing. Yeah. It's really crazy actually. But that's what (laughs) works for me. You're like a doctor times five. (laughs) (laughs) I'm something. I don't know what it is, but I'm something. You, we're going to start calling you Dr. 
Dr. Dr. Lisa Cooney. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so funny. She's so cute. Oh, um, and then I would actually say, like, weed out what, what isn't working for you and plant new seeds. Like, happiness is allowing yourself to plant your own gar- garden. It's an inside job, you know? So what would an, what would an example of that be? Planting oh, the, the, your own the, garden. Well, let's say you have someone in your life that whenever you're with them, around them, or doing something with them, or you're doing a, a, a job or something, you're just, like, unhappy, and everything feels like it's going backwards, and you're not excited to go to that job or be with that person. You feel kind of dead, robot-like. You know, there's no joy. Once you acknowledge that something isn't working for you like that, and everybody that's listening has at least one thing. Yeah. Release it with love and gratitude. Thank it for what it's given to you and release it without conflict. And say, thank you for what you have been to me in my life. Thank you for all you've given me. If it's a job, thank you for the money. And, and go for what's lightest and rightest and best for you. And although that may be hard in the beginning, like anything new, you've got to put some time in for it to cultivate seeds. So I'm not saying everybody cultivate the garden. I'm not saying everybody should go out and, like, not do their job and, you know, they're not happy. Just start realizing you're not happy. Realize it's a weed. What about it is a weed? And, and start generating and creating something that can make that, pull that weed and then plant a seed. And then let that start to grow. And then if an actual transition with a job or a person or a marriage or a relationship or your body, exercise, health, weight, whatever – You'll, you'll start to actually start doing things and putting pragmatic things in place that can make you feel more comfortable crossing that bridge and leaving the something or someone. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because it's, it's a little bit of a, like, the, the, you make the initial choice. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to change this. This does not work for me anymore. Not jumping off the cliff, which is, I think, what... I know I misidentified it as at the beginning, like, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to quit this. I'm going to quit school. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to quit it all. Um, but it's it's not like that. It is about quitting, but it's about quitting the abuse. And then you take steps and everything sort of loosens and then it's easier to change. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then And then after you weed out and plant new seeds, then you just get to unleash your awesome. So like happiness is leaping into the unknown and knowing the net will appear. And that's the radical aliveness part. Like unleash your awesome. Now it gets really good. And even better than good, it gets awesome. Yeah. And it's like more happiness than you ever thought possible. Um, oh. and, and, you know, there's going to be doubt. I'm not saying, you know, I can say this very clearly now, Julia, but like I, I leaped and fell flat on my face so many different times, but I never stopped leaping. Because if I fell flat on my face, all that meant is, okay, I didn't pay attention to those whispers of consciousness and I went forward with something that (laughs) made me go splat. And from the splats we learn, we just want to get better with age so that we don't have to keep going splat. Because like you said in the beginning, it's not just about the hard work, hard work, hard work. It's actually about ease. My new favorite acronym now is EIF, easy, effective, and fun. Hmm, I like that. Yeah. 
So I always say, like, happiness is being you. Happiness is you choosing you unequivocally. Happiness is saying yes to yourself in the face of all no's. Happiness is living for you and living for your life. And happiness is the vibration of all good things in this reality. And basically, you are the gift and the contribution to this reality. So as Farrell Williams says, happy get happy <laughs> i'm wearing a fedora right now just like he does oh that's so great we should i, I, I just I, I, I hear the radio show kind of closing out with his song <laughs> <laughs> let me see if i can get that up on youtube <laughs> <laughs> sounds great oh wow oh every molecule of me is like changed this is it your willingness to look, and we all have the ability to do it, but it's so cool to see you as an example. Like, your willingness to look at the most, most deathly innards of ugly I, abuse and not have a point of view about it and just say, hey, yeah, that's what it is. Now, what else is possible? Exactly. That's radical aliveness. It is. But I also want to say that it it wasn't without dealing with all of it as well and looking at it. No. It was a choice to move beyond it and say, and I know that moving beyond anything, you got to look at it. Even everybody, like let's just out of out of abuse, like you know, even in divorce or changing jobs, you got to look at what's not working for you, in order for you to wake up to what can work for you. Yeah. So if you'd like more information, or you'd like to hear, if you like what you're hearing. You know, go to the Voice America Empowerment Channel Tuesdays. There's all the archives there. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm finally a podcast on iTunes and Woo-hoo! something else I just learned about called Stitchers or something, which is a, another podcast um, app. And they have the Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything radio show series. I had Dane on it um, Two weeks ago, I had Marilyn Bradford on it. Uh, recently, this past week, this past Tuesday, I had Blossom Benedict on it um, uh, three weeks ago. And Gary Douglas will be on it shortly. And the, Simone Millicis, Joy of Business, will be on it. So if you like what you're hearing, check us out. It's free. And how does it get any better than that? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for It's been truly awesome. It's like... It, I haven't looked this deeply at this issue before, so it's been amazing. I know that it's going to change a lot of things for the people, so thank you for for being here. Thank you so much, and thank you for inviting me, Julia. You're awesome, and thank you for the space and possibility of just allowing this to unfold as it has and for this conversation to unfold. It was such a gift and contribution to me, especially, especially, especially because you're in New York City right now, so I really, <laughs> truly... Love you for that and appreciate you for that. And, um, yeah, thanks again. And thank you all for, for you all out there. And if you have any further questions or would like to contact me, feel free to do so at drlisacooney.com. Awesome. Let's all go get some Twizzlers. Excellent. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Um, next week on the show, I'm having Georgia Watson, who – was also a Brooklyn girl for a few years. Um, and we're going to be talking about sex. So no question is controversial. 
mm-hmm. if you live on the wall, it'll be fun. Come. Right, Absolutely. Thanks, Lisa. All right, Julie. You have a good time. Enjoy New York. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye.